Brought your Bible today. That's a good thing to do. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Can you think of a more fitting place for us to be on Christmas Day than actually to be together as the people of God worshiping the greatest gift to ever come to this world in Jesus? I'm really glad that you are here today. And those of you who are joining us online, welcome, welcome, welcome. So uh, we've been in a series this December called Characters of Christmas. We've been looking at various different characters that played a role into the Christmas story. So we started off, obviously, week one by looking at the villain of the story. We called him the Grinch who tried to steal Christmas, and his name was Herod. Then we looked at Joseph, who's kind of like the forgotten character of the story, the earthly father of Jesus, and we saw the role that he played. Then we looked at Mary, we looked at the other half of Jesus' earthly family and saw her as the mother of God in that way. And she's like the lead female character of this story. And we saw in her a woman who is full of grace and we saw how God's grace enables people to fulfill their God-given purpose. And then if you were with us yesterday, yesterday we briefly looked at the Magi. And the Magi are kind of like supporting characters in a film. And so they're these guys who are kind of curious about Jesus, who then come and bring these lavish gifts worthy of a king as they express their uh, kind of curiosity about who this Jesus is. Just a reminder, our one true statement from yesterday was that if you look for God, you will find him. That's what the Magi taught us. If you look for God, you truly will find him. Now, before we get into today's character, which I hope that you can kind of guess who it would be, then uh, I want to preview what we're going to start next week. So next week is January 1st, 2023. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we're going to be in 2023 next week. So starting next week, we're beginning a new sermon series where we're going to be walking through the book of Esther. So we're calling it Esther, the Providence of God. Interestingly enough, this book just never mentions the name of God, but God's handprint is all over it. And so we are actually going to kind of journey uh, verse by verse through this book, and it's going to take us about eight or nine weeks to actually venture through the book of Esther. And so I'm really excited about that, and that will start next week. So today... Since we're talking about this in the context of characters like in a story or a film, well, obviously, we are talking about the main character of the story today. He's kind of important. I don't know if you know him, but I think this holiday is about him. His name is Jesus. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus today. Now, how many of you make Christmas lists? Y'all Christmas list people? Now, maybe if you're a Christmas list person, maybe you're one of those digital people. Now, I love creating me an Amazon wish list, all right? So creating an Amazon wish list, be able to send it out. Now, I hope that if you are an adult, that your wish list looks a little bit different than when you were a kid. Unless if you're a really grown kid like I am, then it may look some, somewhat similar sometimes. But I'm sure there are things that would look a little bit different on your 30-plus-year-old uh, Christmas list than if you were five years old, okay? So I would hope that that would look different. Now, I can guarantee you that there are two things that will never appear on your child's wish list. So if you had your child create a Christmas wish list, and all the children in here could probably say amen to this, if you go up to your five-year-old child and say, you know, uh, what do you want for Christmas? You know, write it on this list, I'm, you know, what do you want for Christmas? And we'll see if we'll be able to get that for Christmas. Well, I, I'm pretty safe to say that socks and underwear aren't going to be on there. Is that a pretty safe bet? I haven't been a parent, but I think that's a pretty safe bet that no five-year-old kid is going to write socks and underwear, okay, on their actual Christmas list. Now, 
That being said, when you're an adult and you actually open up socks and underwear, I'm like, oh man, I could use these socks and underwear. You know what I mean? That's like it plays a different role. It takes a whole different context than in that way. Now, uh, here's the funny thing is that no matter how old you were, if you grew up in my family, and my family every single year inevitably, you would get socks and underwear and it did not how old you were. And then I love how the fact how my mom and everybody would try to sell it. Oh, you really need these. You know what I mean? It's like when you have to sell a gift before the gift is even open, then, uh, then you know, you're trying to pitch really hard at that point. So trying to pitch socks and underwear to a kid, and especially as you get these year by year, you know, okay, you can wrap it in one box, two boxes, three boxes. I still know what it is, okay? At the <laughs> But here's the thing, is like, it's not exactly like you look at a family photo album and you see a kid smiling holding up a pair of Hanes, right? <laughs> now, here's the thing. As a child of the 80s, I grew up wanting a number of different things. I'm an 80s child. Any 80s children in here, right? So as an 80s child, I was, I loved all the things 80s as far as cartoons and things were concerned. So my Christmas list incorporated things like the original Nintendo Voltron, Thundercats, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, He-Man, things of that nature, okay, were always on my Christmas list. Now, if you looked at my Christmas list now, some of those things might still appear on there as well. But there are always hot toys and the newest thing that the kids want, and nothing as much has changed there. But here's my point, is I want to go ahead and have a little bit, we're going to do a little uh, interactive exercise today, okay? So I want you to take a minute or two, and I want you to talk with your neighbor right next to you, and I want you to ask this, I want you to answer this question. What is the one gift you remember wanting the most? Now, it doesn't matter if you were a kid or an adult, something that you remember that was so memorable, the one thing that you just absolutely wanted the most. So take a moment, two or three minutes, to the neighbor next to you or whatever, and, and talk about it. Yep, we're doing something interactive today. Mm. So what is the one gift you wanted the most? All right, I'm going to give you all two more minutes, and then I'm going to ask a couple of you to share what that is, okay? So those of you thinking about it and are willing to do that, I'm going to ask you a couple of you to share what that was, but I'm going to give you two minutes. can't wait to hear some of y'all's answers. So. Okay. So, who would like to volunteer as tribute and wants to tell me uh, what your, just raise your hand, one of you guys tell me what is the gift that you wanted the most, that you can remember. A pink members only jacket. All right. Nice. 
A BMX mongoose bike. All right, let's come over here. I know about that. Atari 2600. All right. I ended up getting one of those later in life as the game system. Kevin Davis. A what? Dad's car? Death Star. Okay, gotcha. All right. All right. So apparently he roots for the wrong team. Okay, so. All right. So he's now part of the. Yes. Barbie dolls, okay. All right, so I love hearing some of these, and I want to hear some more afterward. You guys share those things. But, but here's the thing is that you remember that moment, that thing that you wanted so bad that you put on your Christmas list. Now, here's my one true statement for today, is that Jesus is the gift that everyone needs, but not the gift everybody wants. Jesus is the gift that everyone needs, but not everybody wants. Unfortunately for some people, Jesus is like socks and underwear. Never thought I'd make that connection, by the way. <laughs> but it fits. But Jesus is the gift everyone needs, but not the gift everyone wants. So we're going to talk about two things related to Jesus this morning. We're going to talk about him as the rejected gift, because he experienced rejection. And then we're going to talk about him as the accepted gift. Okay? So we're going to begin in Isaiah 53, uh, verse 3. We're going to look at this one verse, and we're going to talk about Jesus as the rejected gift. Isaiah 53, 3 reads as this. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Now, if you know anything about this passage, this is the famous suffering servant passage, Isaiah 53. This is a prophecy about Jesus, that Jesus would be received uh, and that he would receive rejection from the nation of Israel. But the, it talks about the significance of what Jesus was going to do. So how many of us, how many of you in the audience today would raise your hand and say you like to experience rejection? No hand should go up in the audience. Nobody really likes to experience rejection, right? As human individuals, we, we want to be liked, we want to be accepted, we don't want to experience rejection. But we have, at one time or another, all experienced it in some way. Whether it was from a family member, whether it was from that person that you were interested in and they weren't interested in you, and whether it was uh, a coworker or, or a boss rejected for a promotion, whatever the case may be, we have all at one time experienced rejection. Jesus himself experienced great rejection while he was on the earth. And yet he still experiences it today as people reject him. Those who reject Jesus, again, treat him like socks and underwear. People are given, uh, you know, they're given this gift, but they don't really want to receive it because it wasn't on their Christmas list. It wasn't the thing that they were looking for. It was this, Jesus is given as this gift to all people, and yet not all people receive him. We know that, right? It's a gift without a tag. It's open for all in that way, and yet not everyone receives him. It's not something, when we receive Christ, it's not like you can add that to a, you can just tell Alexa to add that to your Amazon cart. There are many reasons why people reject Jesus. Today, as in days past, maybe simply because they don't believe. Genuinely, they don't know. I don't know, that Jesus stuff is for you, that Jesus stuff ain't for me. I don't know if I believe that he exists, whatever the case may be. Some may believe that he is a really good moral example, and they, they don't deny the reality that a man named Jesus Christ actually walked the earth, but they don't believe that he is divine in some way because they don't want to submit their lives to him. To others, he's just not that important. For others, they just don't care. 
There are many reasons, insert whatever the reason is, why people reject Jesus. Rejection is a decision that we make consciously or subconsciously to refuse, to put off, to abandon. In this case, it's not to refuse to put off or to abandon something. In this case, it's to refuse to put off to abandon someone. The decision is made to reject Jesus. It's amazing now that I've been a pastor for a number of years, I've had this experience over and over again. Where there have been families that have grown up in the church. So you have somebody who, you know, they grew up in the church and they had kids, they grew up in the church. And then inevitably those kids end up making a decision to reject the faith of their parents. Now, what's interestingly enough, though, after that, is that whatever at what point in time that actually happened, I've seen this case happen numerous times when then they end up getting married. Those, those kids that rejected their parents' faith, they get married. They end up having kids. Then all of a sudden, the world looks a little jacked up to them, and then they remember some of the things they, taught, they were taught when they were in church, or they remember some of the values that they were brought up with, and then all of a sudden, they are saying, I want my kids to be brought up that same way. So they find their way back to the church. What they rejected, the gift that was given, this faith that was passed down, for whatever reason, never became their personal faith, but yet enough of it rubbed off on them that years later they're like, you know what, I want to give that to my kids as well, and I realize that this is a better way and a better thing, and so then they end up coming back. It's like rediscovering that gift that you got and that you threw on the shelf because you didn't think that you needed it. And then all of a sudden when you needed it, you knew exactly where to find it and then you brought it back out, right? We all have those things. Those things that you don't need but maybe once a year or something, whatever. And then all of a sudden you dust off the shelf. You remember, I have one of those. It was the gift that you forgot about regifting, right? So it's like the thing that you remember, like, okay, I have one of those. So then you go back and you retrieve it then at that point, and then it ends up being something that you need. It's amazing, and we never, never know. Let me, let me say this as a word of encouragement to you parents. If you're here today, and you try to, the best that you could, in your own infallible way, I mean, in your own sinful way and broken way, try to raise your kids in a godly home and your kids have rejected the faith that you have instilled in them, continue to pray for them. You literally never know the things that they were watching. You never know the things that they remember. You never know the things that many, many years down the line that God will use to recall into their memory, and they will tap back in, and they will go back and receive, and they will go back and take off the shelf. And remember, that faith is something that they then want. But they have to receive it for themselves. Jesus is, for some, a rejected gift. But thankfully for others, Jesus is the accepted gift. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Starting at verse 10. We read this passage yesterday. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. And his own people did not receive him. It would be really sad if the message stopped there, but it doesn't. So there's still this level of rejection that John is talking about. But then look at verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
So the rejection, ladies and gentlemen, of Jesus is not universal. There are still people that will reject Jesus, but there are many, many more who will receive him as the precious gift that he is. Here's a principle for you. Only those with eyes of faith can see Christ truly for the gift he is. Only those with eyes of faith can see Christ for the gift that he is. Many of you here today have already placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and that's the reason that brings you here today, that you recognize that it's significant and important, even on this day that we spend with families and do all that stuff, to be able to be here and to worship and to remember King Jesus. You have received that gift, and you recognize the gift that it truly is. So you come to appreciate it. You come to see him for who he is. So last night, uh, guys, if you'll pop up that picture of, so these are my two beautiful nieces, right? And so last night we had an opportunity to exchange gifts in Arlington with our family. So we were there and uh, when a bunch of Puerto Ricans and Mexicans and all these, these Latin people get together, it is loud, all right? It is loud. I mean, it's, it's like, there's no such thing, there's no, it's not organized chaos, it's just chaos, but it's fun chaos, okay? So it's just loud, it's crazy, we're having a good time, we're eating a lot, you know, doing all that stuff. And, um, but, you know, we had the opportunity and we exchanged gifts. It's traditional for my family to do kind of Christmas gift exchange on, on Christmas Eve. And so usually we had this tradition growing up where we would stay up till midnight and then we would open up at least one gift and then we usually didn't fall asleep really afterward and then got back up just a few hours later and then did the whole shebang. But we exchanged gifts with the whole family last night. And as an adult, I like to receive gifts, but I genuinely love to give gifts. Some people are easy to shop for. And some people you just know when you find that perfect gift. You know because you know them so well, you love them, that you know something about them. And you know that when you get that gift, you know that they are really, really going to love that gift. And so when they open that gift and they receive it with joy then it also encourages you all the more when you see the actual reaction that happens. Well, my, the oldest niece, my niece Ivelisse, she is obsessed with these poppets. Y'all have kids that have seen these things? Like they look like, you know what it is? Some, some guy who was a millennial who grew up popping bubble wrap decided I'm going to market this thing and I'm going to put it on all kind of different stuff and now it's made a killing off this, okay? I am fully convinced because I used to grow up popping bubble wrap. Anybody pop bubble wrap when you were growing up and just twisted it and popped it? That's all these poppets are, the glorified bubble wrap. Reusable bubble wrap. But that being said, she loves these things. These, these fidget kind of things, right? And so when we were at Costco one day, my wife and I, we saw this massive, it was like this big, big mat that was all, it was a poppet. And it had different pieces and it was like this massive mat. Immediately I saw it, I said, okay, we need to tell everybody to not get this for her because we're buying it. Because like I know she's going to love this thing. And so we purchased the item. When she opened it yesterday, you should have saw how bright her face was, and immediately it was like everything else kind of left, and she started putting the mat together. <laughs> and she's like there in the middle of everybody, and she's just putting the mat together, and I'm just, I'm myself feeling great joy just for seeing her face, and just knowing the great joy with which the gift was received. Here's my point, not just to show you a beautiful picture of my niece. Thousands of years ago, God gave the world the perfect gift. He didn't need a wish list. 
He gave a gift that people didn't even know they needed to receive, but he gave the perfect gift. He knew that this gift was the gift that the world needed. But more than what they needed, it would be a gift that would be so substantial that would change the course of history. This gift was to all who would receive it. And better yet, to all who would receive him. This gift was to be received with exceeding joy. The scripture tells us at the birth of Jesus there was joy. We're to receive this gift with exceeding joy. Now here's the thing. Just think about it for a moment. This blew my mind when I was just thinking about this even this morning. What is the gift that God gave? God gave himself. Think about that for a minute. What better gift could you possibly, as a created human being, created in the image and likeness of this God, ever receive than God saying, I'm going to give you me? That's what he did. That's what this is all about. That's what the incarnation is. It's God with us. God coming in flesh. Being the greatest expression of love. Saying that I love you so much that I'm going to condescend and I'm going to come down where you are. That where you are, I might be with you. That I may provide a way for you for you and I to have relationship and be reconciled. I love you so much that I'm going to make it possible that through my coming that we will be together forever. Jesus is the gift everyone needs, but not the gift everyone wants. John tells us that those who will receive Jesus, he gives them the right to be called the children of God. People are not naturally children of God, but they become so by receiving the gift of new life through faith in Jesus Christ. I love, that's why John says, listen to this verse in verse 13 again. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's why John says it's not of blood. That means natural birth. It's not the will of the flesh. That means human decision. Nor an act of the will a child of God, he says, but it is an act of God. It is a supernatural work. It's a supernatural work that God came in flesh. It's a supernatural work that God would open up the recesses of a dead soul, according to Ephesians chapter, one, uh, two, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. When we're dead in our trespasses and in sin, it is a supernatural work of God to be able to take something that is dead, to then bring life to it, to allow us to be able to believe that we would receive this precious gift and we would receive it with exceeding joy. It's a supernatural work of God. So those who have eyes of faith are able to see him for the gift that he truly is. Let's summarize this for you today. So our one true statement is that Jesus is the gift that everyone needs, but not the gift everyone wants. Jesus has been the rejected gift, and he is by so many even today. Isaiah 53, 3, as we looked at. And there are many different reasons why people may decide to reject Jesus. But he is the gift that is given to all if we would all just receive. But Jesus is the accepted gift. It's not a universal condition. But we can receive him by faith. And as we receive him by faith, we truly see him for the gift that he is. That he is God's gift of love. So how can we put this into practice today as you leave? Here's my encouragement to you. If you are a believer, there's two things. Number one is recognize the gift. That should respond in worship. 
our recognition of the gift that Jesus actually is, our proper response to that is worship. The second thing is you and I are called to distribute that gift. This is a gift that you can re-gift and you're encouraged to re-gift. We give the gift of Jesus. We bring nothing. My wife likes to say it like this, me and her, we don't sell anything. The only thing we sell is Jesus. The only thing I can give another person is Jesus. All I can do is bring you to the feet of the Savior, tell you about Jesus. So this is the gift that needs to be redistributed. It is the gift that needs to be regifted, And it is the gift that God has given the church. He has given us a message according to 2 Corinthians. It says that we are literally ambassadors for Christ. That our message is a message of reconciliation telling the world be reconciled to God. And here's the way that you can do it through his son who came in flesh. That's our message. Now, if you are here today and you have not placed your faith in Jesus, then I am telling you right now that God is extending out his hand. And God is saying, I have this gift for you to be able to receive. At the end of the day, I can extend my hand out to you and I can have something in my hand. But if you do not receive what I have, then you are rejecting it. You're rejecting it in this way, in this context. If you're in this room, you're making a conscious choice to reject it. Because you have been presented with the reality of what this means. We don't come and we don't play church. We genuinely believe that there is a God. We genuinely believe that he came to this earth and walked this earth. We genuinely believe that he died upon a cross, that he was buried and that he rose again, and that he is coming again. He came once, but he's coming again. I believe that with my whole entire being. That God extends his hand to you today. And he says, will you receive what I am here to give? Christmas isn't about what's under a tree. Christmas is about a God who came and eventually died on a tree. Will you receive what I'm giving to you today? That's my hope. Let's pray. Well, Lord, as we remember everything that is entailed and what it means as we celebrate Christmas today, we thank you that Jesus, that you came to this earth, and you are the gift that, in that way, keeps on giving. You are extending yourself constantly to people. And some accept you and some reject you for whatever reasons. But I thank you that you have made the offer and you have extended your hand toward us. That we were so ever helpless as humanity. That we could not get to a holy God. That we could not bridge the gap because of sin and yet you made it possible. You came to us. You condescended when you did not have to. And it's because of your great love for us. That's what scripture tells us. Your motivation was love. God, I can't even begin to comprehend a love like that. But I thank you that I can receive it. And I receive it today and I believe it, Lord. So I thank you that we could take time out in this day to be able to remember everything that it's about to draw recognition and to draw glory and to draw our eyes upward to you, Jesus. The one who came as a baby, who now forever the God-man, seated at the right hand of God, who came at a first advent and is coming at a second advent, and how we long for your coming. So, Lord, we love you and we praise you. It's in the most precious and holy name of the Son, by the power of the Spirit, we can pray. Amen.
Well, if you are a guest here today, and this is your first time, we're really grateful that you decided to take some time to worship with us here on Christmas Day. Um, behind me on the screen is a QR code. If you would take the opportunity to fill that out, um, either that or if you want to fill out a, dig uh, a physical connection card, you can stop by our Welcome Center on the way out. We'd love to be able to give you a gift and give you a gift that has some information about Firewheel, just, just a gift to be able to say, hey, uh, we're glad that you took some time to worship with us and we'd love to connect with you and see what's your next steps and where you're at with your walk of faith, how we can come alongside of you and see how we can serve you in that way. So please uh, take the opportunity if you want to fill out the digital connection card or the physical one at the, at the Welcome Center. Uh, Buddy the Elf would love to be able to give you a Christmas gift. All right? So, uh, <laughs> so we'd love to be able to do that. Okay? And um, Keegan, we're going to do uh, offering. I'm looking, I'm not even looking at my own notes. All right, so. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and take offering as well. We're going to worship the Lord through giving. This is one of the things that we do every Sunday as well as we worship the Lord through giving. And so you can do that either via text, online, information is behind me on the screen, or through the basket. We want to thank you for your gracious giving. I'm going to go ahead and just pray over the offering, and we'll go from there. Lord, we're grateful that we have the opportunity to worship through giving. We thank you that you are the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We pray that you would bless this offering, the gift and the giver. Lord, that you allow this to, these funds to be able to be used, Lord, to be able to bless you and to do the work of ministry, Lord, through this church. We thank you that you are good to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. you guys want to stand, we'll go ahead and say the benediction and get you dismissed, so that way you guys can enjoy the time with your families today. Just a reminder, one quick announcement is that next week we will have service. It will be at 11 a.m., our regular time. There are no uh, Bible studies in the morning, so it is going to be a 11 o'clock service. We will have child care for two and under. So it is a family service, so we'll be back at the regular time, no Sunday school, uh, Bible study classes, but at 11 o'clock next Sunday. All right, so let me go in and pray this blessing over you and we'll get you dismissed. May the Lord go before you to light your path and give you direction. May he go behind you to guide your steps. May he go beside you to keep you from stumbling. May he go above you to protect you. May he go within you to give you the power of the Holy Spirit. And may our Father in heaven always grant to you character that is greater than your gifts and humility that is greater than your influence. God bless you guys. Merry Christmas. Love you all so much. You are dismissed.